The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. We're going to go ahead and read from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also had taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Today, the sermon is enjoying Jesus through prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, you are majestic and merciful. You are far above us and ready to come to us. You have plans for the whole earth, even for the universe. And yet you care for us, even in the smallest details. You are King and our Father. Hallowed be your name. Make your great and holy name to be honored and treasured above all things, especially deep in our own hearts and everywhere in the world. Your kingdom come. Cause your sovereign authority and wisdom to hold sway at all times in every place on earth and in the deepest parts of our own souls. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Grant that your all-wise, all-good, all-just, all-holy will would be done throughout the world the way the angels do it perfectly and joyfully in heaven and make it a reality in each of us. Give us this day our daily bread. We are not asking for riches, but for enough to live. We want to be healthy and to have a mind and body that work. Sustain us that we might accomplish what you call us to do. And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. We are sinners and need to be forgiven every day. We know we don't deserve it. We ask for mercy. Forgive us. Draw us into the freedom of your love, the love you gave when your son died in our place. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. We don't want to go on sinning. Keep us back from the entanglements of overpowering temptation. Guard us from Satan, from all his works and all his ways. Grant us to walk in holiness before you all our days. We pray this in the name of the one who taught us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, church. As we read the scripture earlier, Luke chapter 11 is where we're going to be at this morning. And we are continuing going through our series called Habits of Grace. And this morning, we're going to look at the habit of grace of prayer. Now, as we've been saying, every one of these messages, these sacred habits, these habits of grace, are not about getting God to love us more. That's impossible. The Bible tells us that God has loved us with an everlasting love, that he will always love us because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. However, sacred practices are about getting us to love God more. Sacred habits are about positioning our hearts in a place where we can experience the love of God and the grace of God and all that he has for us. And this morning, we're going to look at the habit of grace of prayer. How many of you this morning have ever struggled with communicating? Both my hands are up. Okay, so most of us are telling the truth. Some of us are lying. Okay, just kidding. Uh, Communication is a really tricky thing, isn't it? I mean, sometimes you feel like the other person just isn't getting what you're saying. Sometimes you feel like, I don't even have the words to say to communicate what I mean. And sometimes there's just, the universe is just against you and stuff just doesn't get communicated. Um, This past week, we were camping with our Connection Group Bible study. And before we left, um, we all got directions to go to the campsite. And so great, so we're all on our way. Well, a couple guys went up early and they realized that the directions we all had were wrong. And so they were on the ball, and they sent us all a text message and said, hey, the directions are wrong. As you're driving up the 168, turn on Toll House Road. Take a right on Toll House Road. If you pass the Valero, you've gone too far. So we're driving up the mountain. I get the text. I'm like, great, I know where to go. Well, my wife and I, we turn on Toll House Road, and we're driving, and we're driving, and we're driving, and we're driving down Toll House Road. And by this time, I'm thinking, okay, we're almost back to the bottom of the mountain. Um, I think we missed something. And then I realized I never got a text message saying where to turn after I turned on Toll House Road. And so I'm thinking, man, Roman, where's he at? See, I saw him this morning. Roman, raise your hand. Over here. Thank you. Roman. I was like, Roman, it would have been great if you had told me where to turn after Toll House Road. So my wife and I, we go back up the side of the mountain and we're trying to look on the GPS, but there's like no signal and we're not getting frustrated, but we're like, where in the world do we go? Finally, Sarah's like, I see a Peterson Road that looks like it leads to camp. Look for a Peterson Road. So we drive all the way back up the mountain. We turn on toll, uh, Peterson Road, and sure enough, we get to our campground. And when we get there, I'm like, Roman, bro, it would have been really helpful if you would have told me where to turn after Toll House Road. He's like, oh, you didn't get the text? I, turned, I told you to turn left on Peterson. And I was like, no, what text? He's like, oh, well, I guess we didn't have any signal. The text didn't go through. I was like, thanks, man. You know, it wasn't his fault. He communicated, but the, that text message just did not go through. Communication is a funny thing, but to be honest, it's, it really is a vital thing. Um, any relationship or marriage expert is going to tell you that good communication is vital for that relationship. And truth be told, our relationship with God really isn't any different. Communication is vital. The last two weeks, we've seen how God communicates to us through his word. 
And this week, we're going to see how we can communicate back to God, how we respond to God through prayer. Now, prayer is one one of those things that I think all of us would say, man, I wish I was better at it. I wish I prayed more. We would all say we realize the value and the importance of it. Um, but sometimes our lives don't always reflect that. And I think the disciples were in the same exact boat. That's why they came to Jesus after they had saw him praying. And they said, Lord, teach us to pray. I think that's a really good question to ask. And before we jump into our message, I, I want to take a minute and kind of unpack that question a little bit. Um, the truth is, oftentimes we'll ask the question, Lord, teach us how to pray. And we can get so caught up with learning how to pray and learning all the details and the, the different things we can do and can't do in prayer. And to be honest with you, there's nothing wrong with that. Jesus gives them a model prayer. We're going to look at some ways for how to pray this morning. Um, but I think it's interesting that the disciples asked, Lord, teach us to pray. You see, there's a danger in getting so caught up in figuring out how to do prayer and how to pray that we don't ever actually do it. And so this morning, the heartbeat of this message is really to help us pray, like the disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. There's nothing wrong with learning some hows, but we don't want to get so focused on the hows that we don't ever actually go to God in prayer. And just like some of us, talking to a person for the first time can be really awkward. Uh, If you've talked to me and it was the first time we ever talked, I promise you it was awkward, and I'm sorry. I'm just like an awkward dude. Um, But the truth is, prayer the more we do it and the more we pray, it goes from being an awkward conversation to really talking to an old friend. And that's the heartbeat that Jesus, I think, wants us to have when we go into prayer. The theme for our message this morning is simply this. Prayer is a sacred act of enjoying God through conversation. That's all it is. It's a conversation with God. Prayer is the sacred act of enjoying God through conversation. So what picture of prayer does Jesus paint for us. Let's look at Luke 11, verse number 2. The Bible says, and he said unto them, when ye pray, say, our Father, our Father. In these first few words, we see one of the most life-giving truths in all of Scripture, which leads us to our first thought this morning, the foundation of prayer. Jesus here gives us the foundation of prayer. God is our Father. Think about that for a moment. Just a, just a moment ago, we sang about the awesome power of God, how the demons run and flee and the mountains shake, and nothing can stand before the power of God. That same powerful God is our Father. And because He is our Father, we have His ear. Get that. You have the ear of God because He is your Father. This is foundational because the word Father, that God is our Father, it really is a small picture of the gospel. When Jesus says, pray, our Father, we're coming to God and we're realizing that you're my Father. That's not because of anything I did. That's because Jesus Christ died for me on the cross. And because Jesus Christ has died for me on the cross, I now get to enjoy you as Father. You see, if God was my boss or my employer, then even though he would be a good boss or a good employer, and if I mess up, he's probably going to give me a couple breaks, but ultimately, if I keep messing up, I'm going to get fired. (laughs) But God is not just our boss. He is our father. And so when I forget that God is my father, I may come to him in prayer as a mercenary, saying, I'm going to do this and this and this, and now you owe me this and this and this. First, that destroys our ability to adore God. Not only does it destroy our ability to to adore God, but prayer becomes a business transaction more than a life-giving conversation. And secondly, what it does is it makes prayer a way of manipulating God. Our first 
uh, message in the series, we looked at how sometimes we can almost accidentally turn spiritual disciplines into a way to manipulate and bribe God. And that's why understanding that God is our Father is foundational. You see, if my son is being disobedient or rebellious, my heart actually goes out to him. I'm not his boss. I'm not an employer. It's my job to raise him in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, but I am his father. And because of that, when he disobeys, my heart goes out to him. That means I'm going to spend more time with him. That means I'm going to invest more into him. Why? Because I care about him. He is my father. And so I know that when I call God Father, I am remembering that God is my dad. And I have this relationship with him that's unlike any other relationship. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for me on the cross, get this, God is now unconditionally committed to us. This is what Jesus is saying. This is the foundation for our prayer. God is unconditionally committed to you, and you have his ear. This is why he tells us to call unto him. This is why he tells us to pray unto him. Hebrews 4.16 says we can come boldly into the throne of grace to find mercy and grace and help in time of need. You don't have to be afraid. He's your dad. You can just go right into his throne room and pray to him. I think it's interesting as you look at the times when Jesus prays. You always see Jesus addressing God as his father. Now this doesn't mean we're supposed to be all ritualistic and make sure we say our heavenly father before we pray, but it does lay a foundation for prayer. That God is committed to me. And because he's committed to me, I can trust him and I can go to him. I have the ear of God. Don't just blaze past this, this truth. Oftentimes when we read this, it's just like, okay, our Father which art in heaven, okay, let's, let's, let's move on. No, 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 let that truth sink into your heart. Let it sink into your soul. Allow this truth to affect you on an emotional level. God is my Father. He is unconditionally committed to my good. Prayer is the sacred act of enjoying God as our Father through conversation. But let's move on. What else does Jesus say about prayer? In verses, let's read verses 2 through 5. He said, when you pray, say, Our Father, you are my Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. That word hallowed just means holy. Here you get the sense that when Jesus is praying, he's worshiping God for his holiness. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. As in heaven, so on earth. Give us this day. Give us day by day our daily bread. I'm used to reading this in Matthew, and I'm saying it the way it is there. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that's indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We saw the foundation of prayer. Now let's look at the model prayer. Jesus gives us a model for prayer. We just watched that video, and I, and I love that video because it shows us how we can really internalize this prayer and how we can make it real to us. And on the, on the top of my prayer list, I, I recently, well, last year I read a book on prayer, and it, and it walked a person through really how to go from this model prayer, just being this rope thing we say, to really helping you out in your prayer life. And so I literally have it at the top of my prayer list. So every time I pray, I go through this, and I say, Our Father, thank you for being my dad. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross so that I can enjoy a relationship with God as my Father. Hallowed be your name. God, you are holy. You are worthy. You are above everything in this life. Hallowed be your name. Take time to worship God in your prayer. Don't just lead your grocery list to him. Worship him. 
your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I pray that in my life, your will would be done just like it is in heaven. Like he said in the video, just like the angels obey in an instant with joy and with delight. Father, I pray that your will would be done in my life just like that. Just like your will is done in heaven. God, I want it to be done in my life. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, we need you. So oftentimes it's easy just to go from our day-to-day routines and forget that, man, I so need God right now. God has given me the ability to work. God has given me the air I breathe. I am so dependent on him. And this prayer reminds us to cast our dependence on God for even things like a sandwich. Lord, give me this day my daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. I need your forgiveness. I'm so dependent on your forgiveness. God, without it, I would be lost. Thank you for giving me your forgiveness. Help me to be forgiving just like you are. Allow my life to be a conduit of forgiveness to those around me. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The world and the flesh and the devil are constantly fighting and warring against us, and we need to constantly depend on God. Lead us not into temptation. God, keep me safe from that. Deliver me from evil. Lord, I desperately, desperately need you. For yours is a kingdom and the power and the glory. Lord, I'm praying for the glory of your name. This isn't about me. God, this is all about you. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to pray simply, humbly, confidently, according to God's word and for God's glory. He gives us a model to build our prayer after. And I think as you look throughout scripture, you, really, you also begin to see several things that I think really help us in prayer. So maybe if you're new to prayer, you're a new Christian, and this whole idea of talking to God seems really intimidating. And it can. That's okay. Um, what I like to do is I like to just give us several things that I think can help us just kind of relax and really enjoy God through prayer. First of all, pick a time and a place to pray. I know that doesn't sound really like novel or life-changing, but pick a time and a place to pray. A lot of us husbands, we have a regular date night with our wives. It's okay to pick a time and a place that this is when I'm going to carve out time from my busy schedule to enjoy God as a father through conversation. The great thing about prayer is you can literally, you can pray anywhere. You can pray when you're driving. You can pray when you're at work. You can pray when the preacher's putting you to sleep. Just kidding. I hope I don't do that this morning. But you can pray anywhere. But don't let the freedom to pray anywhere lead you to pray nowhere. It might be that because we think, oh, well, having a time and a place, that's too legalistic and that's too ritualistic and I don't want to start thinking that this chair I pray in is, you know, like will levitate and be holy. Don't flip from that extreme to the extreme of, well, I'm just not going to do it anywhere. No, pick it a time and a place. Make it a regular part of your routine. Pick a time and a place so that you can enjoy God as a father. Next, be yourself in prayer. This one is kind of funny to me, but sometimes when you listen to people pray, it's like they'll talk like a normal person, and then when they start praying, it's like, whoa, what happened to your voice? (laughs) Be yourself. Talk like you talk. You don't have to pray in the King James Version. Just, if you don't normally say mayest and thou, don't say mayest and thou when you pray. Just be yourself. Talk like yourself. Be okay with silence. It's awkward, isn't it? (laughs) And sometimes we, we get tempted to just to say a bunch of stuff that we're not even really thinking about because we don't like the quiet. But be okay with silence. Don't feel like you have to just say a bunch of stuff. I'm going to ask my wife to come up here. She's been dreading this, but she agreed to do it. So come on up here. 
Sometimes when we pray and we're not ourselves, we, we don't even realize we're doing it, but it can almost seem really silly when you think about, what if I talk to my wife the way I talked to God? So, Sarah, stand right here, babe, so everybody can see you. She's so pretty, isn't she? If you're a man and you said yes, we're going to have a talk. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, be, be yourself in prayer. So, imagine if I talk to my wife like this. Dear wonderful, beautiful, earthly wife, Sarah. I'm so thankful, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah, that you are my wife, Sarah. And Sarah, can you please show me your favor today, wonderful wife? And Sarah, wife, can you please, Sarah, make me some breakfast, Sarah Joy? And Sarah, no, that's ridiculous. I would never talk to my wife that way. Why? Because that's not me. <laughs> be you when you talk to God. Thanks, babe. You can be seated. Let's all give her a round of applause. I know she was nervous about that. Just be yourself. You say, what if I say the wrong thing? That's okay. God loves you. God wants to talk to you. When I, my son doesn't really speak English yet, but he sure gives it his best shot. I don't really care if he says the words right. I just like that he likes to talk to me. And God is your father. He just likes to hear you talk to him. Be yourself in prayer. Next, prioritize the spiritual over the circumstantial. Again, God wants you to talk to him about anything. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. God wants you to go to him with the mundane physical needs that you have in your life. That's why I said, give us this day our daily bread. In fact, he encourages us throughout scripture to go to him with everything that we need. It's good and it's right to pray for our physical needs. God wants you to and invites you to. But remember, the physical pales in comparison to the spiritual, emotional, and eternal needs. Sometimes I'll see this in a connection group. Somebody they're there, and throughout the lesson, they're really talking about a big struggle that they have. And they're, they're getting real, and they're getting transparent, and they're just pouring out their heart, and man, I'm really struggling in this area. And then after we go through the lesson, we'll take prayer requests, and it's like, uh, pray for my cat. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's, let's pray for your cat. But let's pray for the struggle. <laughs> Remember, prioritize the spiritual over the circumstantial. Sometimes I think, man, we just we feel like I can't tell God about this big struggle I have. Newsflash, she already knows. Talk to him about it. Tell your father about it. He's the one that can give you victory over it. Prioritize the spiritual over the circumstantial. Next, keep lists. Keep some lists. I don't know about you, but I forget just about everything. I'd forget my nose if it wasn't attached to my face. Keep lists. Keep a list of requests, that things that you're constantly asking God for. I'll say this, keep a list of answered prayers. Sometimes we get so hung up on, I don't want to forget all these things that I want, but we completely forget all the things that we've been given. So yeah, keep a list of requests. Bring those things before God, but also keep a list of things that God has answered so you can remind yourself, man, look at all that God has done for me. One of the most encouraging things that I've ever done is just going through that list and saying, God, you answered that prayer. Wow, God, you did this. God, you did this. There's going to be moments in your life where you feel like God's not hearing you. Go back to that and remind yourself, look at all that God has done. Keep lists. Next, pray about anything. Whatever it is that's in your life, talk to God about it. It's a conversation with God. There should be nothing that's off limits. There should be nothing you can't tell him. You say, but I don't want to bother God with this tiny little, you're not going to bother God. You can't waste God's time. Talk to him about anything. Pray about anything. Next, pray scripture. Slowly read a passage of scripture and pray about all that comes to your mind as you read. I think it was Tim Keller that said, prayer turns our theology into experience. 
Pray scripture. Pray about the things that you feel or that you're noticing as you read. Praying the Bible doesn't have to be really complicated. Just read through a few verses of scripture, pause at the end, and after each verse or phrase, pray about what the word suggests to you. Open the Bible, start reading it, pause at every verse, and turn it into a prayer. Pray scripture. And then lastly, reflect on how God may use you to answer your prayers. God wants to answer your prayers. And oftentimes he wants to use you to answer your prayers. If you're, looking for, if you're praying for a job, you should probably go look for a job. Ask yourself, how can God use me to answer this prayer? Prayer is a sacred act of enjoying God through conversations. And because it can be intimidating, Jesus has given us a model to follow. And as you look at prayer throughout the Bible, you'll see it doesn't have to be this big, huge, complicated, intimidating thing. It really is just you talking to your Father. But why don't people pray? It's a valid question. If it's really just this simple, if it's really so life-giving, if it's really this awesome, why don't we do more of it? Well, I think the next few um, verses are going to give us some insight into maybe why people don't pray. Look at verse number um, 5. He said, and he said unto them, so Jesus gives us the model for prayer. Now he's going to tell us a story to help us understand this dynamic of prayer. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in his journey and he has come unto me and I have nothing to set before him. So picture this. You're in bed. You're enjoying yourself. Then a friend drops in in the middle of the night and you're like, I got no food to give this guy. And so you go and you knock on another friend's door and say, hey, I got this friend. I know it's the middle of the night. I know it's really inconvenient right now. I know the last thing you want to do is get out of bed, but could you give me some food so I can give it to this friend? That's the picture he's painting here. Verse number seven. And he from within, so your friend shall answer and say unto him, trouble me not. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. As a parent of a toddler, the last thing I ever want to do is get out of my bed when my son is sleeping in my bed because I know he'll wake up. (laughs) My children are now in bed with me. I cannot rise and give unto thee. Verse 8, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. In other passages and places, Jesus tells a similar story of, of a lady who's going to a bad judge. This is an evil judge. He's not a good judge. And the lady is asking this judge a request, and he's not giving it to her. And so she asks him over and over and over and over again. And finally, the judge says, all right, I'll answer your prayer just so you'll stop asking. God says, that's how I want you to go to prayer. Ask over and over and over and over and over again. You see, the truth is, sometimes prayer can be hard. Prayer takes time. Sometimes prayer can be hard for my flesh. Because my flesh loves instant gratification, but relationships aren't cultivated in a moment. Which leads us to our next point, the difficulty of prayer. The difficulty of prayer. As you pray and pray and pray, God is drawing you to himself. There isn't some magical amount of times you have to pray for something to get the answer you want. What God's doing is he's drawing you to himself. He wants to build that relationship with you. Prayer takes time. Relationships, uh, you can't microwave meaningful moments with your father. They're marinated. It takes time. Your relationship with God takes time. This may mean we can't pray for as many things as we sometimes would want to. But I feel really good when I have a huge list. But can you meaningfully have conversation with your father? It might mean that you have to have less on your list. It might mean that you just need to carve out more time for prayer. God knows what's best for you, and he's listening. 
Don't be afraid to keep asking again and again and again. Don't let a lack of an immediate answer to prayer cause you to throw up your hands and say, I quit. Prayer doesn't work. God is drawing you to his heart. And sometimes prayer can be difficult. Sometimes we get impatient. Sometimes there's some other difficulties, I think, that keep us from praying. The other day I was, I was thinking through my own quiet time, man, why do I sometimes struggle to pray? It's like I know I should. I believe in prayer. I'm an assistant pastor. I better pray. You know, but sometimes there's just this, this I don't know if it's a distraction. What, what causes prayer to be difficult? And I think there's a few reasons. I think sometimes we don't want to have to face our own selves in prayer. C.S. Lewis gives us uh, a good image here. He says, if you're a proud person, you'll never be able to see God because a proud person looking down on everyone cannot see something that is above him and bigger than him. And sometimes, I think from this image, we can get that in God's presence, we really do, do learn humility. And my flesh doesn't like to learn humility. My flesh doesn't like having to literally come to grips with things. You see, when we literally go into the presence of God, it's like a big spotlight on our soul, and sometimes that's uncomfortable. It's like when I go to the gym, and I see all these big buff guys working out that look like Angel. I become very aware of how awkward and skinny I am. And sometimes when we go into the presence of a holy God, we, we might become aware of our own weaknesses and we, we, we don't want to have to face ourselves. But here, here's the ironic part of that. The presence of God is where we experience change. The presence of God is the only place there's real hope. And get this, when you go into the presence of God, he doesn't look at you and see all your weaknesses and your failure and your sin. When you go into the presence of God, he sees Jesus. So don't buy the lie that, oh man, if I go into the presence of God, it's going to reveal all these things and that's uncomfortable for me. Don't buy the lie that that's bad. Go into the presence of Jesus and God sees Jesus. God sees his son that died for him. Don't buy the lie that you're not good enough. Jesus Christ came and died for your sins and paid the punishment for your sins and gave you his perfect righteousness so that you could be good enough to go into the presence of your father. Sometimes we don't want to pray because it's like, ah, I just don't want to, I don't want to face what's really going on inside my own heart. But the presence of God is the place where your heart can experience true healing. Sometimes we don't want to pray because we struggle with the idea of God being our Father. A difficulty in prayer sometimes is when we say God is our Father, it doesn't really conjure up these warm, fuzzy feelings for you. Because your relationship with your, your, your biological father isn't, wasn't a good one. And because of that, when someone says God is your father, you cringe a little bit. And you, you almost pull away from that and say, I, 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 don't know that, I, I don't know that I want that. Because my view of a relationship with the father isn't, isn't a good one. It's not a comfortable one. And I don't, I don't want to sound trite, and to be honest with you, this topic right here could use a whole series of messages, but just two things on that I'll say from a person who is going through this with you. One, your pain is real and God knows. If you struggle with looking at God as your father, that's okay, God's in no rush. You say, but isn't that the foundation for prayer? Yeah, it is, but here's the truth. You don't have to be perfect in order to enjoy that relationship. I may struggle to relate to God as a father, but he will never struggle to relate to me as his son. And so your pain is real, and that's okay. Second of all, 
slowly begin to allow God to change your view and definition of what a good father is. Again, this takes time. But as you pray, and as you grow in your relationship with him, you're going to begin to experience what a good father is really like. Let that happen. Let God redefine what it means to have a good father. It takes time. It's not an instant process, but that's okay. God's in no rush. He just wants you to draw closer to him. Another reason we often find it difficult to pray is we'd rather hang on to the emotional difficulties that we're facing. Sometimes I don't want to let go of the emotional difficulties I'm facing. And prayer can sometimes reveal that. Uh, Pastor James McDonald said, God's provision for your emotional health is to offload your burdens to him in prayer. God cares about your emotional well-being, and he designed prayer partly so that you could give those to him. The Bible says, cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. This is my briefcase, but today it's going to represent our emotional difficulties or our baggage. We would rather hang on to our emotional difficulties. You see, in prayer, God wants us to give these emotional difficulties to him and leave them there. God says, give me your cares. Cast your burdens on me. Give them to me. When I give them to God, it's not mine anymore. It's not mine to worry about. It's not mine to focus on. It's not mine to dwell on. It's now God's. I have given it to him. But here's what we do. Sometimes we go to God and we give it to him and like, okay, I feel better. And we hang on to it. It's like the security blanket for our flesh. Sometimes I don't want to give my emotional difficulties to God because I know how he's going to handle it. I know if I go to God with this problem, forgiveness is going to take place, and I don't want to forgive. So I hang on to it. And I can actually allow this to come between me and my father. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go to God because I, I would rather hang on to this emotional difficulty. Maybe we like the attention it gives us. Maybe, you know, we, our flesh feeds off the drama. I, I, I don't know, whatever it is. But sometimes, instead of giving things to God, we like to hang on to them. But God wants us to cast all our cares on him because he cares for you. He loves you. He's your father. He wants you to give those things to him. We would rather hang on to our emotional difficulties than we're facing. James 5, 16, I think, gives us another really good picture of prayer. It says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Get this, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So in the spirit of last week's message, I looked up in the Greek that phrase, effectual, fervent. It comes from one Greek word, it means energio. Okay, I probably totally butchered that, but I'm trying, all right? Energio. In most places in the Bible, it's translated work. That's what it means, work. Which tells us cultivating a relationship with God sometimes it's going to take some effort. I'm going to have to go to God in prayer. Sometimes my flesh isn't going to want to do that. Sometimes my flesh isn't going to like that. But God wants us to have a relationship with him. I think all of us in here would say, I love it when I get to know my wife or my husband or my spouse. I love it when I get to know them. And we have these really encouraging and edifying conversations. But I think most of us would also say it's something that we know we need to work at. Prayer sometimes is work, and that can be difficult for our flesh that doesn't like to do that. So we've seen the foundation of prayer. We've seen the models of prayer. We've seen some difficulties in prayer. Why don't we sometimes pray? And then lastly this morning, I want to look at the promise in prayer. The promise in prayer. Look at verses 9 through 13. This is great. This is some of, some of the just, when, when you really think about what these verses mean, it's awesome. Verse number 9 says, And I say unto you, ask, 
and it shall be given. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And him that knocketh, it shall be opened. And again, he gives us another illustration. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Nicholas can't really ask for bread yet, but he's really good at getting me to figure out what he wants. First thing in the morning, he loves his chocolate milk. And he'll come on to me and he's like, nah, 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 nah. And he grabs my finger and takes me over to the fridge and points at it. And then when I pull out the milk, he starts doing this little happy dance. I don't give him a rock when he asks me for that. He says, which of you, being a father, will give your son a stone when he asks for bread? Or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Hey, Daddy, can I have some fish sticks? No, son, here's a snake. No, no, no good dad's going to do that. He goes on to say, or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Which leads us to our last point this morning, and that is the promise in prayer. Now, I don't know if you caught it, but notice what Jesus begins his teaching on prayer on, and notice what he ends his teaching on prayer on. Our relationship to God as a father. Now, I want you to get this. Because God is unconditionally committed to me, and I have his ear, and based on the authority of the word of God, we can say this statement. For the Christian, there is no such thing as unanswered prayer. It does not exist. He says, ask and you will be given. Seek, and ye shall find. For the Christian, there is no such thing as unanswered prayer. Now, sometimes the answers aren't really the answers we were looking for. Sometimes we may ask God for something, and he's going to say, I have something better for you. Sometimes he'll say, I just, just want you to wait. Sometimes he says yes, and he gives us what we're answering for. But oftentimes, our flesh doesn't like the answers that we're given. Sometimes, the answer may be the hardest thing that you have ever had to face in your life. But let me tell you, that is just as much a gift of God's grace as a raise at work. For the Christian, there's no such thing as unanswered prayer. God, being a good father, gives us what we would have asked for if we knew everything that he knew. Sometimes we may throw up our hands and say, God, why? We have to remember, God is infinite. God knows everything. And he is unconditionally committed to our good. So whatever comes in our life is for our good and for his glory. The grace of answered prayer are flowing. The Bible says in Psalm 6, 9, the Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. That's another verse that I try to read every time as I go into prayer. The Lord will receive my prayer. The grace of answered prayers are flowing. But we often don't experience them simply because we don't ask. Simply because... Well, I asked once and I didn't get it, so prayer must not work. Prayer is not a thing that works and doesn't work. Prayer is you having a relationship, enjoying God as your Father through conversation. Prayer is more than just this command from God. It's an invitation from God to experience Him, to grow closer to Him. Prayer is not ultimately about getting things from God. It's ultimately about getting God. You say, if I don't pray, am I going to miss out on blessings? Yeah. You're going to miss out on getting to know Jesus. You're going to miss out on getting to know God. The promise of prayer. We have the ear of God. God is unconditionally committed to us, and he promises to answer our prayer. 
We might not always like it, but God promises to answer your prayer. And even in those hard answers, we can rejoice because the sovereign God of the universe has heard me. The sovereign God of the universe has chose fit to answer my prayer. Prayer is the sacred act of enjoying God through conversation. How are we enjoying God as our Father this morning? Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.